a few minutes just to to get vaped up in the glory. There's the mist coming out of your belly that wants to water the garden of your brain. Just look at your neighbor and say, you look like I need to have a drink. Amen, amen. share a revelation real quick as we get into some vaporwave glory here in a minute but you know a new fad amongst especially the youth on earth is vaping and what it is it's the soul's desire to be fried in the vapors of the glory vapors in the bible as a mist that came out of the garden of eden and watered the earth what you're looking for is the living water and you have that in your belly you just need a revelation of some believer to reveal it to you so you can learn how to vape so let's spend some time at joel's vapor bar tonight and just toke your brains out and then i'm going to talk to you about the kingdom of heaven afterwards once you're good and high amen amen it's gonna be really fun one of the funnest times i ever had coming to joel's bar is when i toked the ghost for a half hour right before coming to joel's bar People don't even have a grid for getting high on the breath of life, but it's totally biblical and all demonic influence, which is why some of you are sour, comes, comes, <clears throat> comes out with the blast of his breath, it is written. The sourness of Satan comes out of the soul as Sally sells seashells down by the seashore. Amen? <laughs> you gotta say it ten times fast. <laughs> Are we having an anti-religion ceremony tonight? We're just here to enjoy our God in the glory! Shake it off! The devil's been beating you up. Shake it off and vape your spirit up. Christ in you, break through, break 
impartation. Lay hands on your belly. Flood your spirit with glory. God's going to build up your spirit tonight. Whoa. All the religion of the soul, the brain, the flesh, all the pride of the soul and the human blood and the flesh, it's burning away. demonstrate the enjoyment of God. You can't grow in the glory unless you're enjoying God. Unless you're having fun, just forget it. You can't grow unless you're having fun in the spirit of glory. <laughs>
Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, you got vaporized. Thought you knew about that vapor, Lauren. Since you already know everything. I've been in the vapor glory since 1985. I was the founder of the vapor. <laughs> you know what's fun? You know how you get really drunk? Make fun of human pride. If you can attack human pride, your own, not others, you know. Yeah. Attack our human pride. You will get drunk. You'd be either attacking Satan or you'd be attacking the saints. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Well, God has taken us into greater glory. How many of y'all know that's the covenant? The covenant is you shall go from glory to glory. Your soul don't know about it. Your spirit's programmed for it. The soul is such a fool that it's always attempting to add to Christ the gift of salvation in the spirit, which cuts a, a believer off from grace. And once you get cut off from grace, all that's left is witchcraft. You know that? It's actually quite rare to find a believer in Jesus Christ that doesn't practice witchcraft. I'm not talking about Ouija boards and Wiccan seances with forest fairies. I'm talking about rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, says prophet and judge Samuel. What's rebellion? Trying to finish in the soul what began in the spirit. It's not even a question if there is a soulish counterfeit about us. It's just a measurable amount. It's measured in 33 degrees of witchcraft of soulish Christianity. Christianity of the soul is pure sorcery. And that's why you don't have transfigured souls. Because the soul is still in charge and doesn't know yet about the deposit of Christ's glory lower than itself. That's why no one can walk in the glory consistently. An angel of glory can come and sprinkle glory on you and you have a mantle of glory, an external anointing of glory. How many of y'all know that's called the church age? And that age is over. Because of the maturity of the God inside minded Huyos, mature sons of God who've raised the standard, those external mantles and external anointings and external giftings are fading away quickly. And they're not granted during the kingdom age. During the kingdom age, you're granted the king of glory himself, his fullness, into bodily form, injected intravenously by a river in your belly. And you're not birthing downwards, you're birthing upwards through your heart and brain. First in the natural, 
woman, which represents soul in scripture, birthed downwards. Downwards is natural with physical flesh, physical blood, and physical water in childbearing. But you also will be saved by birthing the divine child upwards as the morning star rises in your heart it is written in the book of Timothy. This upward birthing is the birthing of your spirit man where the very throne of God's kingdom and glory dwell. This is the realization of the glory. This is the overcoming of Satan and sharing in all the victories of the resurrected Lamb of God on the throne of your spirit already and the soul's additions to Christ's victories are slaughtered. That's why the Bible says you must labor to enter into stress, worry and doubt and fear, panic and criticism and unrighteous judgment. <laughs> Labor to enter the rest. Labor Day yesterday. I hope you guys had a great Labor Day into the rest. Never-ending weekend, eternal Sabbath of God. Amen. Alrighty then. Glory. Yes, that's exactly how I'm living perfectly. Thank you, brother. I've come here not that you can add anything to my spirit, but that I can add to you. <laughs> <laughs> We've been vaping in the glory. Amen. Vape until you're vaporized. He says life is but a fleeting vapor. I, that's the glory life to me. Hallelujah. I want to live in the vapor of glory. In the living water. You know, you boil the living water... You get into the vapor wave. We just send our vapor wave into the year 2814 and bring back some fresh vapor glory. And we just vape it into our souls. You know, laboring to enter the rest, this is what the Spirit says to the churches, is learning how to have fun with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is more childlike than all the children of the world combined. Not childish. There's no immaturity in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's perfect maturity. Amen. You can't get more mature than the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Spirit is childlike. You'd be shocked. The Holy Spirit's agenda for planet Earth is one thing. I'll tell you the truth. To have fun. To have fun. This other stuff, he doesn't even know what you're doing. He's omniscient and still doesn't know what you're doing. <laughs> oh, he's always all knowing, but that stuff, I don't even know. And I don't want to know. I'm just going to pray for you. The Holy Spirit's praying for you. You know how the Holy Ghost prays for you? Like a brooding mother hen. He's like, I. It don't matter the chaos, the confusion, the mental illness, how sick and depraved and demented you are, or especially your spouse or that person that wronged you, not you. It's always the other person's fault. You know, <laughs> the animal condition that we step in just to see what our condition is in. 
and we found ourselves in a brown paper bag. And I got so high that I lost my mind in a glassy sky in the by and by that my spirit most surely do fry and fly in this wonderful glory night. It feels good to talk the ghost with y'all. Praise God. Your spirit has God in it and you're just telling your brain about it until your face looks like you're saved. Until your face is so over the top joyful with the salvation of Jesus. You know what salvation is? Jesus. Ain't you. You get sad, depressed, you get all kinds of weird emotions. You'd be totally animal if he thinks about you. Salvation is the possession of the only saved person there's ever been. You need to hear this now. No one's saved except Jesus. And if you're in Jesus, that part of you that's in him is saved and shares in the joy of salvation. So when the Bible says, restore unto us the joy of salvation, it's saying, get back in Jesus, buckwheat. What you doing out here in your own thing? You need to get into the glory. You need to get into grace. You need to learn how to drink. Some of y'all need to learn how to vape. They're like, I, I don't know, that drinking stuff, that's too hard. It's like doing uh, bicep lifts or something, man. I'm working on the, the drooping sag glory. Hanging off my arm glory. Looking like candle wax dripping off of a candle in the glory. Have me exercise and just to drink. That's effort. That's what some people say. They said it's effort to tote the ghost. <laughs> so they're more into the effort of going to the bathroom than the effort of drinking the living water. You know what I mean? Hallelujah. You, you don't reason with animals. That's what I found. What you do is you just shine through them until they can't think an animal thought. The old man is a liar. The flesh will deceive you continuously until it's burnt up in the in the glory. Once you realize the flesh can't add anything to the spirit, you go on autopilot. Amen. If you believe that your body can help your spirit, you'll just be bewitched your whole life. You gotta come to a healthy conclusion that your body cannot help your spirit. How many of y'all know it's called the Old Covenant? Old Covenant is, I think that my body can help my spirit grow in Jesus Christ. That is the definition of bewitched. You gotta come out of the bewitchment, which has come out of Egypt, my people. There is an exodus in this day to come out of the flesh and the deception of believing in yourself. You gotta stop believing in yourself 100%, otherwise you can't believe in Jesus. You either believe in yourself or you'll believe in Jesus, the real Jesus, the glory and the spirit of man. You'll love one and despise the other, but you can't have both. 
Don't sit there and say, I am confident in my flesh. Confidence in the flesh is devil worship. We need confidence in the Holy Ghost, which is spiritual worship that God receives in heavenly glory. Amen. There is a confidence in knowing the power of the Holy Ghost that gets you totally confident in the great I am and you is too. In the I am, you is. That's true. That's what seated on the throne of the Lamb of God is. And those who overcome self will be seated with me on my throne. You understand that's the only battle you'll ever have your whole Christian walk. The only wrestling you have is with your old self. That's what the Bible says in Galatians. You're not wrestling against demons. You know, stop blaming the devil. The devil only works through your old self. It's not the devil, it's you. It's not the devil, it's you. You don't have spiritual warfare because he only works through the old man. You don't know. I do know, and the word of God proclaims this. Jesus Christ defeated Satan at the cross, and Jesus Christ is in you, and the apostolic hope is that you'd realize it. Because few ever do. Few ever do because they're stuck in old man, old woman, wrestling with sin and trying to be good with external discipleships of the body, external teachings. How do I apply this to me to be better? This is the only thing people do after they're born again, and it's all devils. It's not Christianity. Christianity is realizing the grace of Jesus himself, the spirit of Jesus, which is the angel of the Lord. Listen, the Old, the Old Testament prophets would have died to have the angel of the Lord in their bellies. But Christians are so bewitched, we don't even utilize it. And when we do, we get attacked as pride, you're overly confident, you're irreverent. No, we're in the marriage supper of the Lamb celebrating that we've discovered the Lamb in our belly and he's completely contrary to the carnal religious spirit that's always ruining the party of celebrating him on the inside. The Bible says you'll drink the wine of celebration when you realize Christ in your spirit and you'll keep the feast. Most common saying, one of the most common sayings in the first century church is keep the feast, keep the celebration, which means stay in grace. Don't lose grace and get into Saul, which is, you forget the feast, you forget the celebration. Now it's about me reading the Bible. Now it's about me fasting. Now it's about me praying. You couldn't read the Bible fast and pray enough. So you can't. Some of you don't even know that yet. You have to simply have a revelation of Jesus in your spirit. Amen. Your works will bury you in dirt and dust, and we need to be spirit-led. I just pray the Holy Ghost from my spirit be poured on your heads to lead you perfectly into the glory, into the river, to understand these things more clearly through experiences of your own. One thing I've noticed doing this 16 years every day is that the animal always confuses the simplicity of the glory. Some kind of formula. If I only had this or had that, you know, I shall never be in want except for 
us. We're always wanting something else. Forget that verse. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Only if I had that. Only if I had that spouse, all my problems would be fixed. Only if I had that partner in life. Only if I had that husband, that wife. Only if I was there physically in Joel's bar. Only if I was there in the flesh, oh, my life would be so much easier. You'd probably manifest and turn this place into a snake pit. As everyone does who's ever came here of all time, including every single leader. Truth in you. I've found there's no good thing in the soul. I said in my astonishment, there's no truth in the human soul. That's what the Bible says. I said in my astonishment, there is no glory in the human heart. That's my testimony. There is zero God in the human heart, and there's zero God in the human mind, and there's zero God in the human bones. So when you have that level of revelation, that there's no help, no salvation anywhere, except within the human spirit, you become like this. You get, you get really transformed really quick. You don't budge to anything done in any other dimension. Those dimensions are dimensions of bondage. Those dimensions are dimensions of the fallen angels, of prisons of light. How does Satan put a Christian in Revelation into a gloomy prison for 10 days? You know how? When your Christianity is in your own soul. You're in the devil. That's what being in hell is. When you have not yet come into Christ in your spirit, but you're into false Christ, which is anti-Christ in your soul, and you're still struggling. How many of y'all know there's no struggling when you've entered the rest? The struggling is because of soul and sin, because we're trying to do it in the old man or the old woman. Do you think there's struggles in the river, guys? The struggles in the river simply reveals areas of your life that are not yet yielded to the Holy Spirit's control. Holy Spirit doesn't have any problems, guys. He has a perfect personality. Holy Spirit life is the Zoe life. It's the perfect life. Our issue is... We're a little bit too familiar with the Holy Ghost. And we don't know Him that well, or as well as we think we do. This is something I've noticed even amongst prophets. As prophets get inspiration and we think we're familiar with the Holy Ghost, and they still have a religious spirit. Most prophets have a religious spirit, and they're real prophets. You don't have to be false to have a religious spirit. Most Christians have two or three demons that they've never overcome their whole life. Truth anyhow, doesn't mean they're not saved. It means that they still have human bodies. They still have human blood. And those familiars hang out sometimes at a distance. It doesn't mean that they're in overt sin. It just means that they still have human DNA. They still have an animal nature. They might kill it every day, but I've never seen a believer to this day without demonic influence except Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's always stuff there, and it's always easy for us to point it out in others, and very, very hard to point it out in ourselves. We will sit there and, and judge glory or not glory 
out of our like one to ten years in God's glory. Like total fools. Can you imagine being that proud that you can judge God from Satan and you've only been in God a few years? Woo, I tell you what, man, we need the river. We need grace in our judgments towards ourselves and others because we are just flat out wrong. When you are flat out wrong, it's time to get on the glory bong. It's a living water bong. Amen. It'll get you out of your mind. Until you get out of your mind, you can't even grow because this is all weeds. You understand that? Scripture says the brain is all weeds. Those that are brain-led are led by Satan, Romans 8 says. Those that are spirit-led are led by, are the sons of God, the Bible says. Amen? Brain-led followers of the devil. We just read to you last Joel's bar. Those that are led by the thoughts of their brain follow Satan. So the areas where you're still led by your thought life are demonic influence 100% of the time. Getting high and getting drunk on the glory is how you destroy that stuff. You can't do it any other way. I've never seen anyone overcome religion except in the wine. And a lot of people will just do it temporarily and then they go back into serious, charismatic prophetics. We're not going back into like being Baptists and against the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're beyond that. We're, we're into the spiritual stuff. We're charismatic Pentecostal believers, big time. But there are levels of freedom that aren't even allowed in charismatic churches. There are fringe things of pioneering going on now to bring forth the mountain of transfiguration, the mountain of Garden of Eden, that the church hasn't even seen before. And you can guarantee they're going to attack it as the devil because that measure of freedom they've only seen in the devil's camp. That's really what the sons of God bring. Freedom so serious, freedom so severe, the Christians can't even comprehend it being God. That's truly what the sons of God bring, which is the great liberation or deliverance and exodus of the end times. You know, Moses' mantles passed on generation to generation. All the prophets in the Bible, their word and their seed is still growing to this day. The 12 apostles are written in the gates of New Jerusalem, and that's the only apostleships on planet Earth. Sorry, guys. It has to be according to the first 12 that are continuously growing in every generation's spirit of apostolic and understand apostolic as the revealing of God's glory. The true definition of apostolic is seeing and revealing the glory of heaven called eyewitnesses of the resurrection. What's the resurrection? The glory of God. The Bible says Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Amen? So an eyewitness is someone who reveals God's glory. How does glory look to an unbeliever? Joy, laughter, smiling. Truth in you. 
the joy of salvation is the revealing of glory. If the countenance is not burnt up, we call it getting glorified. If the personality, which is your heart feelings and your brain thoughts, are not fried in the light of His Shekinah glory, there's no demonstration, there's no apostolic ministry in that believer. Apostolic ministry is simply the ministry of God's glory. The witness of the resurrection that Jesus is alive. Here's the evidence. Supernatural joy, the anointing, the oil of joy, blazing through our personalities. How many of y'all know the bride of Christ is becoming apostolic? What's the opposite? Earthly. The opposite of apostolic is earthly that's where most believers are and you can always tell by the countenance the seriousness the concern the worry the fear the stockpiling of munitions that conservative born-again Christians are doing in the highest record numbers in the USA of all time out of fear physical fear for their lives because their faith is so small true if you need weapons and swords and knives to fight demons, that means you haven't even discovered your spirit or any spiritual authority in Christ whatsoever. Can you imagine Paul the Apostle going city to city with a sword, <laughs> instructing them in Christianity? Oh, the, these Caesars are bad guys. You better get some nice swords and stuff. Maybe a figure out gunpowder real quick because we're taking Caesar down. <clears throat> How many of y'all know that's the attitude of most born-again believers in the USA? And I'm not against guns. I wish I had a whole freaking armory. I mean, I'd, I'd love to have bazookas, tanks, yeah. IC4 blowing yes. stuff up. Yes. I'd like to blow up a nuclear bomb in the Pacific. Yes. Maybe I knew if we could find one of those mermaids. Right in the Bermuda Triangle. We just put a drop of nuke on the Bermuda Triangle. Jules Barr. We, if Trump is reelected, I'm gonna see if we can drop a nuke on the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, hello. Listen, I have foresight into the future that we will have ever increasing glory, no matter what the devils are doing through unbelief out there. Remember, the devil's food is the unbelief of the human soul. That realm doesn't touch the believer. You're already in the high tower if you're in faith. If you're not in faith, you're stuck with whatever happens out there in the flesh. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And there's some fun stuff out there. I'm not going to lie to you. I, it's entertaining for me. It never touches me at all anymore. Zero. I'm of a different kingdom of a completely different world. And we're trying to get people really into the kingdom of the spirit and David's high tower and the tabernacle of David that's available today, this high mansion. When you're God inside minded, living out of your angel, you're in perfect protection. You're in the armor of light. The armor of light is sticks and stones can't even hurt your bones and words will never hurt you. Amen. When you're fortified in the glory, when you have a glorified personality, you're stronger than titanium. You're stronger than the most fortified armor that the U.S. military has ever invented. 
is stronger than a mile wide Kevlar titanium reinforced space armor of space force. Yeah, Space Force, that's our new branch in the military to fight aliens. <laughs> and I like that too. I like all this stuff. The thing about it is, you can enjoy everything going on down here if you're from above and not below. Jesus did. He went from city to city having fun. And was persecuted for it. He never acts serious. All you do is be joyful, feast all the time. You teach while you're having fun and feasting. They were so uncomfortable with this fun, frolicking ministry of glory and freedom and abundant life. They just manifested in every turn. It was so bad that even the greatest prophet in the Old Testament manifested demons on Jesus. John the Baptist in prison. He was, why don't your disciples fast? They're like, we're over here pressing in. And Jesus is freaking goofing off from Goofenberg. <laughs> Amen. It's like people that aren't aware of the victories of the glory realm tuning into Ju Joel's bar. It's like, what is this? It's like a different. It's a different realm. It's a different. It's the glory realm. It's the glory world. It's the kingdom of heaven without the actual influence of the world of sin, of devils, of U.S. politics, or U.S. presidents, or deep state, or Illuminati, and devils, fallen angels. I mean, all that stuff is totally real. I mean, you can't even make up an, a conspiracy for how bad it actually is, but none of it touches you when you're in the glory. When you're in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven, you have a different attitude. You have an attitude of gladitude. What is the elevation of your gladitude? We need a GPS of gladitude instead of flatitude. What degree of glory have you been set free from the seriousness of the inhabitants of the earth in whom Satan has been thrown down to? You know what I mean? We're down there in the seriousness of where Satan's thrown down. And if you think Satan's going to change his attitude by some kind of ground warfare, you're the most deceived people on the planet. His job is to be angry and frustrated. And those that battle him in the earthly realm, which is the complete opposite of the apostolic realm, are just like them. Serious, grumpy. When they get a natural breakthrough, they celebrate it naturally, not knowing that those up above are pouring out water. They take credit for it. It's all the duct tape on our mouths that ended Roe versus Wade. God bless those people, and I love them sincerely. But the duct tape did not bring the breakthrough, amen? amen. What brought the breakthrough is the Spirit of God in someone's spirit, because that's the only way any divinity is on this planet whatsoever. And that's what giving God the glory actually is. Giving God the glory is recognizing man's soul is incapable of anything. Didn't Jesus Christ say the same thing? Apart from me, you can do something. Yeah, you can do, you can do something. Something stupid. <laughs> Trust me, I'm speaking from experience. I got my doctorate in Dumville. Our opponents have their doctors doctorates in divinity we have our doctorate in stupidity I am stupid for Christ's sake 
but you are so wise. It is written. We're fools for Christ's sake. But you're so smart. Yeah. You've already begun to reign. But we're here getting persecuted. And all of our financial partners completely destroyed by Jezebel every month. And hard to get anybody to walk with me for 30 days and not be annihilated in their soul realm. But, you know, enjoy your happy, clacky, clappy church services out there in La La Land. Completely clueless to the advancement of the kingdom of God outside the four walls of the church. Most pastors. True story. And we love them. Of course, I instruct them and we disciple many pastors, many people in church all over the planet. And eventually, I know these ones in whom I've discipled will be thankful that their buildings have been torn down. Because when that happens, heaven's on earth. Heaven is reigning in your nation. No more religious services. I'm so sick of altar calls. I'm so sick of ministry. Not that we're burnt out from ministry. Christian ministry is stupid. You sit up here with the traditions, come up, you know, you need a word, you need laying on the hands, you need all this stuff. No, it's wearisome to God. Isaiah chapter one, it's wearisome. Itinerant ministry is wearisome. You know what, we need heaven on earth. That's not wearisome. We need the glory of God everywhere in real life yeah. heaven on earth that's not worrisome that's what god has come to do in this generation you know when i see a person really maturing i know because i can see they don't do christian ministry anymore not traditional stuff they're just living in the river they're just spontaneously exploding life freedom joy if you got to set up times dates and seasons how many of the bible says that's when you're lost You're keeping a schedule and telling the Holy Spirit about what you want to do. Holy Spirit, we're having service 11 a.m. Sunday morning. If you ain't there, I'm going to wring your neck and wash your mouth out with soap. (laughs) We tell the Holy Ghost what to do. I don't tell the Holy Ghost what to do. I get high in the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost usually acts like a child in me. One of the greatest verses that most Christians haven't yet experienced because of so much false maturity is that I become a fool for Christ's sake. And King David said the same thing, to grow in the glory you have to get more undignified than this. And the daughter of Saul, which is the religious spirit, daughter means soul, so the soulish realm of religion despised his freedom in her heart and was barren. That's how you're fruitless and you never walk in the glory when you despise the freedom of the sons of God. And we've seen that thousands of times, but I'm still praying for them. I'm still brooding over them. It's actually, I don't expect anyone to tune in and understand anything I'm talking about. If it happens, it's the astonishment of Jesus saying, I have not seen such great faith in all Israel. You know, the centurion, your daughter's sick. Okay, I'll go check it out. No, I'm not worthy to have you in my house. Oh my God, you, you're revelatory? You've been discipled in the river out there? I mean, it's so few and far between in Babylon the Great when it happens, I'm utterly shocked. I could probably count it on my hand 
less than five times in 16 years amongst millions that I've ever seen it happen. Because the witchcraft is so bad out there, people come to us so demonized with witchcraft and soulless Christianity, it's hard to get fruit out of people, and that's Satan's main strategy to shut down the manifestation of the spirit of the sons of God. You understand, this is how Satan, knowing that there is a predestined foreordained generation that it will be God inside minded, this is what he did. He poured out all the spirituality of Jezebel, which is false prophetic, upon the soul realm of the whole planet so that they would be so buried in charismatic witchcraft, they'd never discover the promised land of their spirit. The mind has to discover the promised land below the heart. It's an anomaly. It's Neo in the Matrix now. You understand that movie prophesies the sons of God discovering the fullness of Zion inside their own spirit. Where did they party? Where did they celebrate? Zion City. I was born in Zion, no cables and cords in their heads, you know what I mean? Matrix movie, truth anyhow. We can extract all those cables and cords or, you know, use them to go back into the Matrix to tear it down and that's what they did. What the enemy meant for evil, God turned for good. And, he, and it worked for three people out of a billion. Because what the enemy meant for evil happened to be evil for most people. Why? Because they never turned to God on the inside. So you only have, the Bible says, if the righteous are scarcely saved, what shall become of the unbeliever? Why, what's scarcely saved amongst righteous people? I mean, righteous means spiritual. Okay, righteousness is God's spirituality, and if God's spiritual people are rarely saved, that's what it says. If God's spiritual people are rarely saved, they're like, oh, he's talking about me. Yeah, I'm talking about you. This is how we're going to get super saved. We go from scarcely to super, and it's not out of delusion. It's out of a rock solidness in the Garden of Eden, literally inside your chest cavity. And you're in there, in the glory, walking with the Father as a man of light, and you're a man of light, and you're in heaven, and now you're manifesting through this temple down in this terrestrial plane, causing havoc to Satan and his angels. You see, that's how it works. When the internal realm of the spirit becomes more real to your brain, the devil can no longer tempt you into the natural realm. You'll still have weaknesses, but grace will superabound through the senses every time. Because Satan will throw all kinds of stuff on you if you start developing your spirit. The you, temptation you can't even believe. And it works most of the time. But if you are rock solid in understanding the new covenant, and the rising of the living waters as Zion, heaven, inside your spirit, when those temptations do come, they will not seize you, for God will provide a way out. It is written. Amen? And the way out is returning your mind to the living water. The mind will initially be shocked by all this stuff, because Satan's out here shocking you with all kinds of strange stuff every day. It'll come through the realm of the dead, it comes from souls, it comes through your kids, your kids will channel demons all the time. Children that aren't baptized in the Holy Spirit channel devils constantly. And there's nothing cute about those little gremlins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, it's these little Chucky dolls. Can or not the little Chucky dolls from coming to me? For the kingdom of hell belongs to such as these. Must have been a scribal error. Oh, man. We're having fun in prophetics now in Jesus' name. Develop, train a child in the gift of the Spirit and they won't depart far from the Spirit as their outer man grows, which usually is a distraction keeping their brain on the outside, so they're being fathered by the devil their whole childhood. Truth in I know I was. And God still had mercy on my soul and re returned my mind and my soul to my spirit. Even though my spirit got an awesome impartation in utero, when I was two months in utero, I got baptized in glory in my mother's womb. My mom said for 10 days it felt like 10,000 watts of electricity surging through her body in Friday Harbor, San Juan Island, Washington State in 1981. So I got infused with glory at a DNA level in my spirit, soul, mind, and body as a little baby in my mother's womb. I know if that impartation had not have happened, there would not have been enough grace to survive Babylon the Great and all the drug overdoses and all the violence and all the gang activity and all the crazy stuff, going to jail and juvie multiple times, all that stuff, I would have died certainly. And many of my friends around me did die. I never died because of that impartation in my mother's womb. That's the only thing that sustained me. And now, what's so wonderful is later on when you're restored back to friendship and obedience to the spirit of glory, you get all of that purity manifested that God intended for you at the first. God's original design and destiny, the perfect will of God. The perfect will of God is the spirit in utero. And if you can't bring your brain back in utero, you're in the good or acceptable. Because in your mother's womb, I formed you. And before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you, Jeremiah. And I've anointed you to be a prophet or my messenger to the nations. How many of y'all know you're all prophetic to be a messenger of the inspired word of God to nations, which is human DNA around you. You're right now, all of you full-time ministers, all of you full-time missionaries, because you're inspired by your spirit being regenerated to speak the words you believe. Don't speak the words you don't believe. Don't sow unbelief. Don't speak about stuff you don't know. Speak about stuff you've had experience in, in your own testimony of Jesus growing up on the inside, because then you're so in faith. These people that talk about stuff they don't know what they're talking about are so in unbelief. Yeah. People that talk about miracles but don't have miracles, yeah. it's like, well, I'm, they're so in unbelief. Yeah. It's just head knowledge. It's true. We had more signs and wonders in Red Litter Ministries the last two weeks than ever before. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? The Holy Ghost is moving in RLM in a major way, and it shall increase. And our enemy, the witch, the cobwebs of the spider Jezebel is trying to suck away the signs and wonders because it affirms that we're sent from God. Signs and wonders testify that they're sent from God. It is written in the Word. And so they're trying to suck them out of your lives. It's important because it's a testimony to the unbeliever that you're in right standing with God. The Bible says, signs and wonders glorify the Father, and they're a testimony 
that your faith is in God and God's with you. All the accrediting signs and wonders, Jesus Christ said, believe on account of the signs and wonders. Even if you can't believe in me, believe the signs and wonders, Jesus said in the Bible. Amen. It's written in the word. Truth in the out. So look for gold dust on your hands, gemstone dust on your hands, and it's just going to mess with all your religion. You want the signs and wonders in front of your unbelievers. You want the signs, signs and wonders in your family, in front of your kids. When your kids start getting covered in gold dust, gemstone dust, getting involved in school, poured out in the classroom, I mean, how much better is that than being introduced to drugs in the sixth grade? Being introduced to the glory and gemstones and gold and miracles and angels in the sixth grade. We're about to have a new level of temptation into God's kingdom instead of hell. And I know if I'd ever seen that as a kid, I never would have got into drugs, but there was zero witness of it anywhere I had never been until I was 18. And even there, it was all supernaturally provided because most of those men and women didn't even walk in it. It was just a temporary external anointing from angels that they hadn't even developed in their own spirit. That's how it is. But if you are hungry and desire that level of training, God will send angels to help you wherever you are. That's what the Bible says. God sent legions of angels to help Jesus Christ after his 40-day fast to encourage him right where he's at in the wilderness after all the dealings with the devil god has angelic help for you amen like the song goes send me an angel right now <laughs> we might play that one later we need it bob jones really discipled me in the prophetic strongly god used him to impart the whole Elijah mantle and prophetic blueprint of the kingdom of heaven for this generation into Red Letter Ministries. The prophetic maturity is the fruitfulness of Bob Jones' ministry, probably the greatest prophet of all time. And Bob Jones, he was talking about that I don't believe in angels, I rely on them. If you don't rely on angels, that means you're relying on the flesh. Hello? You're relying on self or the kingdom. And what are the workers at the end of the age? Angels. What are the workers? God's ministering spirit sent to help you inherit salvation. Without angels, the Bible says you can't even be saved. That's what the Bible says. You can't even have salvation without angels, Scripture declares in Hebrews. And if you want to grow in salvation, you grow in dependency on your angels. You know what your angels use to work around you? Your spirit's waters, which is your actual measurable faith. These are water temples, Ezekiel 47, hello, the new covenant. Your body is the temple of the living waters. Your body is the Ezekiel 47. The measure of living water is how much of your spirit you're relying on God for to sustain you in the realm of the natural. And it's usually very little. When Jesus did ministry, he was surprised by their unbelief a lot more than their faith. He was shocked by their dullness. And the places that were the most familiar with him, he could do very little miracles. Because they knew about him. Isn't this the son of Joseph, the carpenter's son? But now he's a prophet or something? I grew up in Nazareth with him. You know, I went to school with this guy. You know? 
Holy ghost. Amen. So if you're familiar with the human person, you miss the divinity on the inside. People tune in and they say, oh, the hat, oh, the shirt, the background, the baby sloths. I, I, I know Joel's bar. Do you know the spirit of God behind Joel's bar, which is the wine of the bar? I mean, if you're not in the wine, you've never been a part of the ministry ever. They were, they were amongst us and they came out of us, but they were never of us. Why? Because they never got beyond the sensory of the natural dimension. They just hear the words, but it falls on deaf ears. We need to be alive in the spirit, comprehending spiritual things, discerning supernaturally by the gift of grace beyond the natural realm. Every one of you is a spirit being that has a soul that lives in a body. And the Apostle Paul commands in the New Testament to know nobody after the flesh. People tune in and they know me after the flesh. You need to know me after the spirit of the apostles. If you don't know me after the spirit of the Apostle John, you don't know me at all. Yeah, you don't even have a clue. Everything you think about this ministry is wrong until you know me after the spirit of the Apostle John. Because that's the spirit behind this ministry from the very beginning. There's never been anything else in the, in the closet except John, the beloved. That's the apostleship this apostleship is growing in from the beginning. That was the gift of God from conception. And so if I'm ever going to grow in Christ, that's all I have to grow in because that's all he gave me. And it's a lot. And I'm thankful for it because to me, it's the ultimate. It's the love apostle. But it's not phileo, our greatest enemy. It's not soul love. Certainly not eros love. It's not fleshly love. It's spirit love that can only happen through crucifixion of the heart. Don't even think a person is familiar with the apostolic or with divine love or John, or New Jerusalem, or what God's doing today, until the cross has crucified their heart. This is the place where you choose natural horror Babylon Christianity, soulish, tree of knowledge Christianity, and be fake false, and just like people that are barely hanging on out there, we don't even know where they go, there's no accountability. They just wander off, do their own thing, you know, doers of their own thing or workers of iniquity. The definition of doing your own thing, you just come and go week after week or month after month, going in, coming out, just doing your own thing. That's the definition from Jesus Christ of iniquity, of being a warlock and a sorcerer and a witch. And many of you struggle with being witches, which is doing your own thing with no accountability to the disciples and the apostles in New Jerusalem. It's wrong. In order to get consistent in the glory, you have to submit to the apostolic government in Jerusalem. Paul did. Every single person in the New Testament did. And it's not some kind of military rank and pulling rank on people. It's about spiritual glory and serving the spiritual glory of God in the apostleship of heavenly Jerusalem. There's only one apostleship. It's the apostleship of Jesus spread out into 12 stones 
in Revelation, the 12 gates of the New Jerusalem, and it's shared inside a group of 12 inside their heart. And there can be branches out from the 12, because from the 12 came the 72. It's apostolic order. It's the order of Melchizedek. It's the order of the kingdom of heaven, and it's all in the Bible. Known amongst nation Israel, one nation. There's only one nation, Israel. And everyone else that's not in Israel doesn't know they're an Israelite yet and is living as birds, beasts, and reptiles bearing the image of the fallen angels in a natural manifestation, even though spiritual glorification could snap, crackle, pop in their spirit as soon as they believe in Jesus Christ. Bam! You're born in Israel. You're born in Zion. You're born in Israel. You're born again, the Israel of God, Galatians 6. It is written. You're born of the olive tree, and you're now you've forsaken the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What's the forsaking of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Human bloodlines. How do we lose most believers? They don't forsake their human bloodlines to develop the bloodline of Jesus. You can't be a disciple. I can't even support these people in this ministry. I can't because you've rejected becoming disciples of Jesus Christ. Repent and forsake human bloodlines. You're going to have to offend some people. If you are afraid of offending family, you will never, ever fulfill your destiny. Because now you have a family in heaven that's far superior over natural family. God got this out of my system. I was never a people pleaser anyhow. I never cared what my parents thought. I ran away from home when I was 13 and lived on the streets. So when I was 18, I just, you know, tell them the truth abruptly, aggressively. I mean, just, just very, very intensely how wrong they are. <laughs> I was so bitter towards my parents that I needed a miracle to save me from my childhood kidnapped twice, running from the FBI for 24 months. My face was on milk cartons all over the USA. True story. I watched my dad arrested by the FBI twice and do two and a half years in maximum uh, penitentiary, maximum security prison. True story. So I grew up getting prison gifts from my dad whittling in the woodworking area of maximum security prison. So I mean, we grew up rebellious, man. I mean, it was, this, it was awesome. We were so intense. Everyone in school was like, man, this family is crazy. And so it made me popular in all the schools I went to. My dad dropped me off in brand new cherry red turbo Porsches, you know, flipping all the kids off. Just the most extreme rebellion and riches and decadence and hedonism you could ever imagine. And it was like that up until he passed away. He had a mansion down on the Sea of Cortez, living in a million-dollar mansion on the Sea of Cortez. It was crazy. My dad lived the craziest life and imparted into me the wildest freedom I've ever seen demonstrated in the world. I mean, never submitting to anyone's anything, always just living in maximum. So there was zero people-pleasing. That's our nature. That's how we were born and bred. And there was a lot of demonic, a lot of rebellion in it, but there was a purity to it too, to stay free. And those aspects and the military aspects of the Marine Corps in Vietnam, my dad being a, a, a Vietnam vet who's a squad leader in Vietnam, all that intensity of being a forward observer in Vietnam was imparted to me in leadership of being a forward observer in Joel's army. So. You eat the meat and you spit out the bones and there's the glorification of your childhood. It took a miracle. I remember I was in prayer. I was only a couple of months old in the Lord. There was a circle of a hundred men at Teen Challenge downtown Minneapolis and I prayed audibly 
God, help me to love. And my, he took my spirit back in time to when I was just a little baby. And my parents were on this motorboat going through the Puget Sound. And I saw them in a bird's eye view. And I know I was there. The spirit took me back in time. And he showed me my parents. And he showed me their hearts, their minds, their souls. And how they genuinely, with everything they had, were trying to do the right thing in life. And just compassion swelled up for me towards them and I was instantly healed of all the, the drama and trauma of my childhood. And I've just loved them perfectly, literally perfectly, ever since. Easy stuff. Amen. God makes it easy. My yoke is easy and like, I want that miracle. You can have that miracle. Get transported back in time. The Spirit can take you. You have angels that can break time barriers. God's not stuck in time. If there was any time that you are traumatized, a spirit from God will have to take you there and heal and redeem the times. And if your timelines from birth aren't redeemed, you're going to be a horrible mess right now. If there are areas that are blacked out because of trauma, and you, you have to go there with Jesus, and he'll be with you, and he will heal you from your past. If you're not healed from your past, your future is not bright. You know why saints' futures isn't just totally glory, new earth, blazing Shekinah, like the message at Joel's bar? You know why this message is so optimistic? Because I'm so healed from my past that I live in the Spirit's future. I live in the Holy Ghost future for those that are healed of their DNA past. And you can too. That's what your angels help you inherit salvation. That's what inheriting salvation, it's redeeming the times angelically. You read Enoch? How did he go out of time? How did he go into space? 100% of the time by an angel companion, which means you can't move as a spirit without your angels. They're assigned to you for a spiritual movement and you got to get out of the flesh and, and don't just get out of the flesh when you're sleeping because you'll do that automatically just by being born again. You need to get out of the flesh when you're conscious and awake because then you're walking in the glory. It's one thing to rest in the glory, trance in the glory, soak in the glory, curl up into a little ball in the glory, but get loose and stand up in the glory and walk in a supernatural glory. Walk in a trance-like heavy drunken glory all the time. And all the barriers of whatever thing in the past that's keeping you all balled up, break it off of you. You choose to disagree with whatever is binding you here today. And the angels are waiting for an opportune moment to heal you. But they can't heal you if you can't receive. If you cling to the wound, no matter what angel, God could send you Raphael, Uriel, Gabriel. He could send you the archangel Michael. wouldn't even help you because you're not willing to be helped. You have to be willing to change. You have to be willing to open up and be vulnerable to light that might look make you look wounded and, and weak. But if you're all prideful, you know, like we grow up and we don't grow up, we just grow in pride. Pride's eventually what kills every human body. Truth in you, the human body decays because of sin and DNA. Pride is what kills every human being. Guaranteed. Angel of death is an angel of pride. That's what tempted Eve in the beginning, the angel of death that taught them the smitings of men. It is written in Book of Enoch. Galadriel, that's their name. This fallen angel is the angel of death that teaches the smitings of the embryo and the smitings of men and, and murder and death. 
angel of death. It's a real fallen angel that you're overcoming by your own angel dealing with the death in your soul and blood and brain in your past. And once you're done with your in utero, man, I tell you what, you'll be the happiest people that ever lived. Because there'll be nothing negative that could make your face frown in your memory. You look back in your memory and the renewing of your mind and it's all white light. That's what's called being engrafted into the cultiv cultivated olive tree of Israel in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. You are in his past. The past of Jesus. Have you received the spirit of adoption by which you cry, Abba? We love that in the charismatic church because it's so wonderful, Abba, Abba, Abba. But it means now you're in a family that has a perfect past. There's no dirt or darkness in your family because you're in a new family. If that is not the record in your mind, you have yet to be engrafted yet. If the record in your mind is still animal and darkness and human, you must be lifted up by the Holy Ghost and your angels and be healed in all the record of your mind and memory. Mind and memory is a record of words working in flesh and blood. Jesus had flesh and blood, but his mind and memory were, Father, restore to me the glory that I had with you before the world was. It wasn't all the crap of Joseph and Mary and all the dumb stuff that David's bloodlines did and the abominations that you read about in the Old Testament, not mentioned once. The only record in the scriptures of Jesus Christ's past was the glory of the Father. That'll be your only memory and record when you're actually healed. I'm not talking about healed from sickness and disease. I'm talking about healed from the curse of the fall. The new covenant is the healing from the curse of the fall because Jesus provides us with that. Amen. Amen. Well, that's the truth anyhow. Hallelujah. That might be enough for today. Save some content for the next four days. It's, it's going to be a long week. Stretch it out, man. God only has a little bit of revelation. When you preach as much as I do, you got to keep it fresh. Keep those stones in the storehouse. Oh, whatever. I love the Holy Ghost because he's always bringing something new. <laughs> Behold, I make all things new through you, buckaroo. And he's going to follow through even though you don't have a clue. Some of you don't even have a clue, but he's going to follow through in you. And that's a good place. At least you're here, and at least you're open to learn and grow. The, an aspect of humility. You know, when people come into RLM, it's always funny. You see them. Some of the veterans have been around in the glory, been through a hundred battles with us. We're like, ooh, buck, buckle up, buttercup. You know, it's, it's like these old soldiers. You can just imagine when you get this new grunt, stretch out a, fresh out of boot camp, you know? You're like, start pulling all the stuff out of their knapsack. You don't need that. You don't need that. Get that crap out of here. Throw that away. And then just blow torch real quick. And come on, boy. And you're lucky to see day three. Let's go. Day three. <laughs> the resurrection, yeah. Oh. Hallelujah. We'll just crucify you real quick and uh, we'll start you out in your spirit, but you'll deal with your soul because you don't have a clue, but that's all right. It's fun in the glory. The Holy Ghost enjoys school. Christ the teacher. It's not like he's stressed out because he's got a bunch of dumb students. No, he thinks it's funny. He's got a personality. He enjoys having a classroom of angelic born-again people that still wrestle an old 
animal nature. He deals with the animal nature, but he usually deals with it in joy. And it's an enjoyable thing because the Holy Spirit's a priest. He's the high priest. So he enjoys teaching young priests how to kill the animals of the heart and the mind and the bones and the marrow and all the natural existence of our Adamic man in Christ and to turning that clear to focus on the spirit rearing, to focus on full spiritual stature and how to eat for your spirit and enjoy the marriage supper of the Lamb. One thing you got to get out of your head is that God is angry at you. God loves teaching young clueless priests that are mostly animal how to be angel. It's one of, I tell you what, he shares his joy with me. I enjoy it too. I'm not frustrated with dealing with constant chaos. Honestly, I enjoy it. Dealing with the human condition is the only thing fulfilling for a true priest sent from, from God. Because everything else is shallow and stupid. I can't do band-aid stuff. I enjoy the priesthood. I love the priesthood. I love the new covenant tribe of Levi. And Moses is from Levi. Aaron's from Levi. Mostly, you know, we say we're lying to the tribe of Judah. Judah's true. You have all 12 stones in Christ. But mostly, if we're honest with ourselves, this has been the tribe of Levi. Because I have just demonstrated priesthood and the killing of the animal constantly like a butcher towards the animal for 16 years. This is the new covenant Levitical priesthood of Melchizedek, of spiritual realities no longer with types and shadows. And so it's a joy to deal with the animal. Even though at times it's irritating, it's disgusting, we deal with so much craziness because of the human condition, it is still enjoyable because we're in the Holy Ghost. It's thrilling because you deal with eternal things, like people that are just so crazy, people that are so messed up, and there's still good fruit coming out of them. It's like some of the greatest joy I experience in ministry. People that are just absolutely nuts and there's still good fruit. Like someone that was with us here and God bless them, just a really crazy person. And when they went back after two weeks with me, they said, Brandon, it's the first time in my marriage that I haven't argued with my wife for 24 hours. And they were both in shock. It was just a miracle. So these little baby step breakthroughs are huge and enjoyable. Of course, we celebrate all of the breakthroughs, all of them, but we celebrate most of all that God is training us to be priests, to deal with the animal condition, not false priests that don't deal with the animal condition. We get into the guts and gore. These priests would cut open the animals six days a week and be covered with all the in insides of animals through sacrifice from head to toes. And they got new garments every morning. <laughs> Learning, my main job, if you look back over the years, is the training of New Covenant Levites. This is truly Levi training in the animal sacrifice of the new covenant, the mark of the beast on the head and the hand of the, the human believer. To get the head and the hand sacrificed to the fire of God and the golden altar before God's throne in the spiritual stomach in that glory dimension. And teaching people how to kill the animal, to mix the wine, to have fun with their friends, to be in the marriage supper of the lamb through human sacrifice, which is real prophecy, the testimony of Jesus. Amen. Wisdom to use the things of the Spirit to apply them to the natural that works. Because God's Spirit created the natural. So if you're in the true Spirit of God, 
You have dominion and authority through the natural and you'll constantly change the natural. Not just separated from the natural, the priesthood is the sacrifice daily of the natural from the Holy Ghost, the supernatural. Amen. You get more and more effective with it. Transforming, terraforming on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven is the standard of the Levitical priesthood of the new covenant, which means earth burnt up with heaven. And heaven's in your spirit, and earth is in your heart and brain and bones, and outside your eyes and your senses. And so you're learning how to be a priest to change and melt the elements through the temple to change atmospheres. That you are the atmosphere everywhere you go because you carry God in you. Amen. That's the apostolic witness. The greater is he that's in me than whatever stuff is in the world. It don't even matter. There's 200 million other Jesuses and gods and Holy Spirits out there. I don't even care what you're into. I don't care what you believe in. Your politics don't matter, male, female. None of that matters. What matters is my God in my spirit burning it all up. Later on, after it's all burning, then we'll have a conversation in the fire, which is called fellowship. Spirit to spirit, angel to angel, like it is in heaven. Or the angel of Peter is here. The angel of Paul is here. The angel of all the cloud of witnesses are here. These men in white linen are angels. They're called angels. The spirit or the angel of the apostle and prophet, and it's on account of the spirit of the prophets or the angels of the prophets, Revelation says, that judgment has come upon the natural realm because our minds are renewed to living into our angels all the time. That's what brings the judgment. It's the maturity of the new covenant Levites that brings the judgment. All the other tribes, I mean, the business would be wonderful. All of them get glorified. You apply Levi to every aspect of your life because you're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. What makes you holy, Peter says, is that you're a priest. Without practicing the priesthood of the new covenant and these spiritual realities that we teach every day at Joel's Bar, there's nothing holy about us in the world but not of it, but we're learning how to melt the world down. Jesus Christ, high priest of our confession. He says, I've come to bring fire. Oh, how I wish it was already kindled. So the priest's job is to burn the natural realm with the fire that they've burnt themselves in. Amen? Which is your measure of love. And that love becomes a lake of fire for demons because love is the most tormenting, torturous thing for the counterfeit of the soul realm. And that's why we've been persecuted. That's why we've been misunderstood. Because that whole heart and brain realm of the animal is a counterfeit of real Christianity, of fire and new covenant Levitical realities. Amen. What are we going to do this week? Mature as Levites. I can see it. God is going to mature you as priests in a major way to learn how to sacrifice everything in your life and to give the battle to the Lord and to learn how to use the altar to burn all the crap up in your cares, wants, desires, fears, lusts, pride, all the junk you deal with in the soul and the animal condition and the world, the fallen angels, all of it is easy to deal with when you learn the priesthood. It gets easier and easier because you know how to give it to God, to burn it in God. You have an altar to burn all that junk on. doesn't matter what the devil throws at you. Wood, hay, and stubble, the Bible says, all believers' junk gets tested in fire. We have yet to test our junk in fire. We just hold on to our junk and try to fix it out of our own strength. Those days are over. We're going to mature and burn it like real Levitical priests of the New Testament. In Jesus' name. 
So we have that to look forward to. Amen. <laughs> and it's going to be drunk and intoxicating as you burn the flesh and you get drunk. You're at the altar of God where the glory is the strongest. You're going in there sacrificing everything. Not because you have to, because you want to, because it's the funnest thing to do to enjoy God the most. There's nothing here more fulfilling than becoming a new covenant priest. You couldn't do anything with your life more fun and fulfilling than maturing as a priest of Jesus Christ, a priest of the Holy Spirit. You are all priests and we're all maturing, all at different levels and all of them wonderful and glorious. All the levels are enjoyed by your Father in Heaven. He loves his little one-year-old priests. His little two-year-old clueless priest, it's cute to him. He enjoys your two-year-old cluelessness. He likes it. He's proud of you for being two. He enjoys it. He likes that stuff. He's not shouting at you. Why aren't you 33 good enough? You got to get the devil out of you. God enjoys you every stage of growth. He loves his kids. He's not frustrated with his kids. It's fun for him to train little priests. Sometimes you deal with hard stuff. If the priest wants to go out and become a priest of Satan, the priest wants to go out and be a priest of the foul, detestable birds, the fallen angels, and get into Jezebel's priesthood, that happens a lot. It grieves Father's heart. They can come back and come in and get washed by the Father. You can come out of the priesthood of Jezebel and come back into the priesthood of the living waters of Elijah. A lot of people have just been totally deceived. And they're going to return to Father. And from all of their encounters in the realm of the dead and the counterfeit of the soulishness of the false priesthood out there, that's a vast majority of Christianity, you'll have experience from that. Like the older prodigal son that's been in the wheat fields. You'll just don't go that direction. It'll all turn into wisdom. It'll all turn into gold. It will. When you return home from Dad, all the dumb stuff you've done in the soul realm turns to gold. Amen. All things work for good or for gold for those who love God, who keep returning to God and then learn how to stay in God and stop straying. You get the black sheep off. You're not a black sheep. You're a good. You're in the good sheepfold of the good shepherd. And you're not going to be leaving the fence anymore. You're going to stay in the kingdom. You're going to stay in the glory and you get consistent. You're going to mature in the glory and fulfill your destiny and stop running from God. Stop running away in your mind from God as if Satan or something in the world had something better for you. The best is becoming a priest right where you're at, right here today, right where you're at. God will take you right where you're at and mature you right there. In Jesus' name, amen. And I thank you, Father, for doing it. And every single one of these people, right where they're at, touching their minds, touching their hearts, putting your hand into their spirit and imparting into them some grace and some gift to help them along the way. You're going to need an impartation along the way to strengthen your spirit with faith and might. He's going to put it right inside your spirit and it's going to help your mind stay the course and not stray to the left into religion or to the right into rebellion. To keep walking with God steady as she goes. It doesn't, what is battle doesn't belong to the swift or the hasty, but to the obedient and the tasty. The tortoise and the hare glory. Amen. We're in the tortoise glory. The pub crawl glory. Joel's bar pub call, crawl glory. We're running the race to win the prize. Yeah, as angels, but in the realm of the natural, as turtles. As ancient 
sea tortoise. Four, four million year old sea tortoises from the Jurassic period of glory, in the Jurassic glory. Ancient glory, ancient paths. I am in no rush, I'm in heaven's gush. I'm in the rest, therefore experiencing the best. Every day passing whatever test by Jesus on the inside. Amen. Bless you guys. Pray about partnering your finances with this apostolic ministry. Plays a huge part in your spiritual growth. Partner your whole house. It only gets real when it's real financially. It's true. And if you don't have any finances, get jobs. Some of the most crucial training is the marketplace, practicing the presence in the marketplace. God did it for me for three years, even though I was called to be a Levite in the full-time priesthood at 24. From 21 to 24, serve tables for three years at Old Spaghetti Factory downtown, and it was more profitable than all the, the schoolroom Bible college experience because I learned how to communicate with every nation in the Metrodome, right down by the Metrodome, downtown Minneapolis. So we just had streams of people, all tables, learning how to communicate work tables, learning how to serve tables, like Timothy. And that critical, even if you're called the full-time priesthood and you know you have a calling, work in the marketplace until that day happens. Every person sent from God did. Look at Smith Wigglesworth. He plumbed. One of the greatest apostles of all time. He, he was a plumber. He plumbed for decades before he was sent and gold miraculously appeared in his bag and sent him, launched him off instantly. You have to wait to the opportune time of the Holy Spirit until then. You need to work in the marketplace and advance the kingdom through finances. Every person in the kingdom that's revelatory has always done that. It's the way of the Lord. If you don't work, you don't eat, it is written, which means you need to learn how to provide. If you don't have responsibility in the realm of the natural, you'll never be given it in the realm of the spirit, Jesus Christ said. So if there's no responsibility in the realm of the natural, there's no prosperity in the realm of the natural, there's no wisdom in the realm of the natural, you'll never have it in the spirit. All your spirit wisdom is fake and false because it's not real wisdom. It's not real maturity. You are use these times of small beginnings to mature in real wisdom in the real marketplace, in the real world, brushing up against all kinds of different personalities, all the nations, and get your training out there in in the open field in the marketplace and most of you will be in the marketplace forever because 11 out of 12 of the tribes are full-time businessmen and full-time businesswomen and that's your eternal destiny only one out of 12 is called the full-time priesthood in the perfection of the kingdom age it's true it's the tribe of levi 11 out of 12 will be in the marketplace so we'll train all 12 tribes of Israel. But all 12 tribes, even the Levites, need that marketplace wisdom. Otherwise, they're just goofy and some kind of irrelevant ministry mindset because they don't have any practical, real-world wisdom. you got to have that. It's crucial. Amen. You need natural wisdom and spiritual wisdom, both. The Spirit of Wisdom wants you to grow in both. Solomon taught on all the natural things. He taught on ants. He taught on the eagles. He taught on the lions. He taught on every natural thing, Proverbs says. He was the smartest spiritually, most intelligent person who's ever lived except Jesus Christ, the Bible says. And he taught on the realm of the natural. Yeah. It was practical wisdom in the natural and most of it financial wisdom in Proverbs. You need that. We've been in so deep in the poverty spirit in the body of Christ that we've just missed natural wisdom. Overcome all that junk 
I'll impart it into you every Joel's bar. I'll help your spirit overcome whatever is needed. You have your own angels. They will help you rise from the dead. Your job is to be obedient. That's your job. Obedience and believing the commandment from God's throne, the prophetic word. Your job is to believe and obey and go for the right of your life in Jesus name. I pray that you repent quickly from disobedience and get into radical obedience to whatever the Spirit of God is leading you in because then you'll go from glory to glory in Jesus name. Amen. Bless you guys. If you'd like to give an offering, click the links in the description. We'll see you tomorrow in Jesus name. Amen. Glory. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
Yeah.